Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A Sunday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack live in the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life. Rocket can. Well, certainty? I don't know if the... Los Angeles Clippers have any certainty. We know for certain that they've come from behind in their first two series in this year's playoff run, but this might be a slightly deeper hole that they've got to dig out of. Uh, to talk about the Suns and the Clippers is a guy who covers the uh, entire NBA uh, for the L.A. Times out there in La La Land, Brad Turner, good enough to hop aboard for a couple of minutes. Brad, Jody Mack here. How are you doing tonight? I cannot complain at all, except that, well, I'll complain. It's hot here in Phoenix. It is hot in Phoenix. I repeat myself, but hey, I knew it would be hot here. So, but things are good. Things are hot, good. hotter in Phoenix than in LA, huh? You hopped on a big old jet plane and said, "Okay, mm-hmm. this this is a you don't you don't buy into that. It's a dry heat stuff." Man, it feels like it's an oppressive heat. Like it's just <laughs> never going to go away, and it's going to follow me back to LA. I hope not. Uh, well, uh, at least I hope you go back to L.A. with a game to cover. We shall see about that. Um, before, before we get to game number five that you're in Phoenix for, um, game four last night, the three and a half minutes from like the 10-10 mark to the 6-30 mark of the fourth quarter when the two teams combined for exactly zero points, three-plus minutes, zero points, was that offensive ineptitude or tremendous defense on both teams' oh, parts? Oh, man. I'm going to say it was a combination of both mixed in with the intensity of a game that the more both teams missed, the more they got tense and tight. Mm-hmm. And each one, each team, the Clippers, the Suns, were trying maybe a little bit too hard to get that basket. And then you just, they're running down the court and nothing was working. I mean, Chris Paul's going to his favorite spot, mid-range. Two-point pull-ups, can't make a shot. Paul George is getting to the basket, can't make a shot. I mean, it was amazing to watch. And you could feel the intensity in the building. You could feel how they were just struggling. And you watched this, and you just kept wondering, when is someone going to score a basket? Is it going to happen before... The sun goes all the way down and the moon comes up again? <laughs> they just didn't know. 
<laughs> it was some ugly basketball, but the Suns uh, weathered the storm and walked away with a victory. You mentioned Paul George and his inability to score during that time. Didn't have a great game. Has been truly up and down since Kawhi Leonard has gone out here. Uh, a lot of peak and valley performances and production out of Paul George. The Clippers just don't have to accept that that's the fact, that he could be great and he helped we win a game, but he can also have <laughs> games and moments where he just kind of disappears more than anything else. Is that what Paul George is? Well, he's proven that is the case with him. As you said, inconsistent, up and down, great, okay, bad. I mean, he just has to, he has this rocky road of playing basketball, it appears to be, that he can't seem to always put it together. There have been moments when he's done that. I thought he was really good in game three. Didn't shoot the ball very well, but he was consistently attacking. And I had to give him credit because he played, you know, 40-some minutes in game three that they won. He played 43 minutes again last night. So the minutes take their toll on you as well. True. But missing the two free throws, in game two. Yes, they still had a chance to win the game, but if he makes those two free throws, then I think they sealed the game. And prior to those two free throws, Paul John was great in the fourth quarter. I think he had scored eight straight points. The ball was in his hands all the time. He was smooth. He was decisive. So you start thinking, now we're starting to see the Paul George the Clippers want to see. The all-star guy. The guy that can deliver this for them. Then, instead of closing the book on that great game for him in the fourth quarter, he missed the two free throws. Opens the door for for the Suns to steal the game. That's the Paul George that we have seen all postseason. No, and uh, he is what he is at this point. Uh, One guy who isn't what he has been in a series has been DeAndre Ayton. He has upped his game. Um, he's gotten the better of uh, Zubac altogether too often for the Clippers' liking. This is where the Clippers miss Serge Ibaka, who could uh, give them a couple of minutes in the middle and maybe keep Aiton somewhat in check. They don't really have another option at this stage, do they? Do, do the Clippers have a smaller lineup they could go with, or do they just believe if we go too small, DeAndre Aiton's Eaton, beating our one legit center in Zubac, if you try and go smaller, it could even get uglier. I mean, there have been times the Clippers have tried to use DeMarcus Cousins, but that hasn't worked either. And DeMarcus has mostly been used as a receptive streak center when when they use Derek Sarich out there. So, so whether they go, they just turn to Zoo, who's playing some 40 minutes a game because he gives them the best option. And when the Clippers have gone small against the Phoenix Suns, it just hasn't worked because unlike Rudy Gobert, who is the, what, three-time defensive player of the year, he is a rim protector. He's not mobile. Whereas you have DeAndre Aiton, who's but seven feet tall, 6'11", runs all over the court. He's mobile, can step out on the three-point shooters. He can block shots, run guys down. And once he gets the ball through the rim, it's a dunk. He can score down, though. So it puts their small lineups. They don't have that advantage anymore playing that small lineup. So it means just playing Zoo and hoping that he can also maybe contain the pick and roll a little bit better and drop back. When he doesn't drop back, Aiden has someone like Reggie Jackson down there 
and that's just not going to work. Aiden has been, man, he's been a, a power or strength for them. He's been amazing to watch. Play. I didn't know he had improved that much. But I will say this. When the Suns played the Lakers in the first round, that was my time to see this young man and watch him play and start thinking to myself, he is going to be a problem in the NBA if he keeps making these strides. And as we see right now in the Western Conference Finals, DeAndre Ayton is a problem. He is making strides. We agree on that. Brad Turner from the L.A. Times talking NBA with us here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, another use of players question for you. Last couple of games, certainly in game number four, Rajon Rondo became a non-factor. He got a DNP coach's decision. The previous game, he had only played eight minutes. Um, so the, the coach has decided to go in another direction. Did he say anything about it, either after game three or game four? If not, I'm going to ask you to theorize, why has Rondo come out of the rotation? Well, Coach Ty Lu from the Clippers didn't say anything about it because I don't think the subject was brought up because they won the game. And it was, why did you win the game? How did you win the game? And how did you, what's going to happen going forward? You're now down 2-1 in the series. You don't want to go down 3-1, which obviously the Clippers are. I would just have to say, in game three, when Rajan Rondo got in the game, there was a period the Clippers had four turnovers. He had three of them. He was loose with the basketball. And that alone, in a playoff series, will hurt a team. Rondo is not known for that, but we've seen that happen. He's not known to be a great shooter, and he's made some threes. He's been amazing at that. But I think he, they're just seeing that they have better matchups playing Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. The two young players have played better than Rondo has, so why not put them out there and let them play they're better, they're better shooters, better defenders, obviously not better decision makers, but if you take the total part of what Luke Kennard has done and what Terrence Mann has done especially, that means Rondo is out of the rotation. All right, uh, we know that I've uh, got now rip off three straight. They had to come mm. back from two nothing deficits, but now it's three in a row, which is going to be difficult. And we don't know what, if anything, they're going to get from Kawhi Leonard. The uh, Clippers have been pretty close-mouthed about his situation. People wondering, why isn't he sitting on the bench? He's sitting upstairs. I think that's an overblown deal. But the fact that uh, Skip Bayless said uh, at the end of the week, last week, that he's hearing from sources that Kawhi is not happy with the uh, medical team that the Clippers have and that they think they he, they have misdiagnosed his knee problem as of right now. Not something you want to hear when you're down 3-1, when your season is just uh, one game away from being over and Kawhi Leonard is that much closer to becoming a uh, free agent at the end of this year. How does this all shake out both long-term and short-term for Kawhi with the Clips? I don't know about that report, and I'm not doubting it, but if Kawhi, in fact, is not happy with the medical team, go see your own doctor. Go see several other doctors to find out what's going on. Right? That's the first thing I would say. Go do that. Be proactive. Because there are other medical professionals out there that can give you an idea of what's going on with your body. He can do that on his own. So I'm not going to throw this on the Clippers medical team. It was basically a freak accident when he bumped knees. Just happened to be the right spot on the knee. So 
So it, it happens. This has been a season. This has been a playoff series about injuries. And in this case, now Kawhi is injured. Anthony Davis got hurt. Look at the Atlanta Hawks. They've got players out. So you just have to play the game. And I do believe that the Clippers are keeping things quiet, as they should, keeping it all in, because they want to make sure that they can keep his confidence in the organization so they can resign him. I don't see Kawhi going anywhere other than returning to the Clippers. Is he coming to the Lakers? No. For $5 million, he ain't doing that. Is he going to the Golden State Warriors for, maybe what? Maybe they can do a signing trade? I just don't see the young man leaving Los Angeles because he's from the Southern California area, and he came back because he wanted to be home. So I don't see Kawhi going anywhere. He may put him in position to do a few more things he wants them to do, but I just don't see him leaving. And I think they have a marriage that will be together for a long time. What's his relationship like with Coach Tyrone Lue? That's something that has grown really strong over this last season. It started to develop last year. The one thing that they have in common is that Kawhi loves Kobe Bryant. Ty Lue played with Kobe Bryant. Ty Lue maintained a friendship with Kobe Bryant once he left the Lakers, once Kobe retired. And because of that, because Ty has been willing to put in a few sets that Kawhi likes, that Kobe operated on, on the pinch post area, that has made their friendship between the two of them and respect for each other between Ty and Kawhi that much stronger because they, res- they respect Kobe so much that in turn they respect each other. That sounds like a uh, big plus if they're going to keep Kawhi Leonard when he hits free agency. How would you rate Ty Root lose job? Assuming the Clippers don't come back and win this series. They mm. could lose it in the next game, or uh, maybe they fend off elimination but eventually get picked off. Working from the assumption point that they don't advance, just make it to a Western Conference Finals but not an NBA Final, how would you rate the job that Ty Lue has done this year? I think Ty Lue has done a phenomenal job, a great job. Number one, he has gotten the team to the conference finals, someplace they have never been before in their franchise's history. Let's just start there. And then we'll go back to losing game two to the Suns. That's a difficult way to lose a game on a last-second dunk shot, on a play that everyone thought was goaltending but was not. What I've been told based on my years in the league, if you lose a playoff game by 25, 30 points, you can deal with that. But losing a tough game like Clippers did, that's painful. That hurts you. So for Ty Luther, return home after that game, 1.30 in the morning, and call Paul George and Paul, I know that's painful. I feel the same pain. But without you, we're not in the conference finals. Let's move past that pain. Let's get ready for game three. Then he calls Pat Beverly, the other captain, tells him the same thing. He called every single player on that team and told them, I understand what you guys are dealing with, so am I. But let's get ready to move on to game three. That is what great leaders do. That is what great coaches do. And the adjustments that he's made throughout every series from the first round against Dallas, the second round against the Jazz for this series here against the Suns has been spot on 
So whether or not they advance, I think he's done a great job because of all the things I just said. All right, last one for you, and we appreciate greatly Brad Turner from the L.A. Times hopping on with us. Uh, I've gotten different responses from people I've asked this question to over the years, ranging from, damn, they can be almost as important as the head coach to, come on, Jody, it's window dressing. They're there to make the coach's life a little bit easier, but what do they really accomplish? Assistant coaches in the NBA. Chauncey Billups, after uh, breaking his maiden with the uh, Clippers this year, is jumping right into a head coaching position with the Portland Trailblazers. How much are they going to miss Chauncey next year? Quite a bit because of he has a calming voice. He's won an NBA championship as a player, and he understands and knows the game. And he's able to listen to what the players are talking about because he's, he's only 44 years old, so he's still young enough to kind of understand that generation of players. So he'll be missed because of his connection with Ty Lue, someone that Ty Lue can lean on, and because of his ideas that he also shares with the coaching staff, with the players, so he'll be missed. But you know, it's good for him that he gets to go on and become a head coach because that's something that he wants to do and who doesn't want to see someone have success at their craft? My Brad, last thing, when you uh, leave the sauna that is Phoenix and head back <laughs> to cool L.A., will you be going back for uh, coverage of game number six, or will you be going back to start your offseason? I, uh, I have to pick one, right? Yes. i got to pick one. I'm going back to finish off my offseason. And to drink some more wine and smoke cigars. <laughs> Make sure you have that wine chilled after getting out of that Phoenix heat. Yes, I will. Brad, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for sharing some insight, buddy. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. Brad Turner, NBA writer for the Los Angeles Times, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.